It can be, I will identify with my pain more than I will identify with my possibility. Yeah, well, that's what most of us do. We, we cry for help and then identify and put our attention on the problem instead of the attention on what we're asking for. That's the human, that's the human story, isn't it? Um, but okay, so you also okay. <laughs> I said it's a boring story. It's a boring story. We're changing the story, honey. We have to change the story. <laughs> so, um, I, I remember last time you said so. You saw this, these, this, these balls of light hanging out in the field, in, in, in the energy field, and not embodied as you saw them through your your ability to see. And then you said you saw like a monk or the Dalai Lama and you saw that which was outside of most people embodied. And that's when you started to think, oh, it's not supposed to be hanging out there. It's supposed to be you're like embodied. Yes. yes. Yeah. When I, I had the privilege and the, the great, you know, rare honor of seeing His Holiness the Dalai Lama teaching. Yeah. And when he was just hanging out and, you know, telling people he needed things and yeah. getting ready and stuff, his his uh, golden light was floating around up here. And then when he started to teach, it became fully embodied in his pelvis and he was glowing this amazing light. And it, you know, radiated out to the uh, hearts of 7,000, 8,000 people who were listening to him teach. And so I thought to myself, if he can do it, we can do it. And, and of course, we can make this happen because it's just light. So how do I get it in here? So I worked and worked and worked. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hi guys, welcome to another show on Accentuate the Positive Media with Karen Swain. And just a little note at the beginning of this, I'm chatting with Desda Zuckerman today about her amazing, amazing, amazing energetic work and mapping the human energy structure and oh, it's amazing. So I just wanted to tell you that um, she's putting on some online courses and I have an affiliate link if you'd like to do her courses and support the show and support my work as well. When you click on the courses using my affiliate link, I get a kickback. And that supports me in the work I do, bringing these uh, shows to you, showcasing all these authors and teachers and people with extraordinary transcendent experiences. And, you know, I use the show as a tool to teach people because I'm a teacher. And I put guests on the show because to teach you uh, for no cost and I don't get paid for it so that we can all expand our human potential and be more deliberate in being the genius creators of our reality and this world, bringing in a new world, a new earth, and um, spreading more love and light into this world. So if you are fascinated with Desda today, as I am, I think she's amazing, hit that affiliate link and uh, do her courses through my link and I uh, get a bit of a kickback. Thanks. Thanks again for watching. Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So wonderful to be with you again. I have another beautiful, delicious master healer 
to reintroduce you to today, Desda Zuckerman, who has been on the show back in August 2017. We had a gorgeous conversation about your life, Desda, your childhood. Welcome. Let me welcome you before I start yakking any further. Welcome to the show again. Thank you, Karen. And hello, Australia. It's so wonderful to be back with you, dear. You have such a lovely presence and it's great to be here. Oh, thank you. It's funny. You say hello, Australia, but most of the people that listen to my shows are in the United States. <laughs> hello, US then. I know. When I look at the YouTube, on YouTube anyway, because they've got the statistics, it, it, it is pretty much 90% from the US, interestingly. Wow. Yeah. But I don't know about the audio podcasts, but... Anyway, as I was saying before, we had a beautiful conversation back in uh, August 2017 about your life, your childhood growing up, and uh, I, I rewatched it today to remind myself of what we spoke about, and I found myself laughing. And <laughs> the thing that, that I was saying to Desda before was um, when I look at myself, like even like, about a year and a half ago, I see all my insecurities like right there on the camera, <laughs> and I'm like, oh damn, because you know. As you do this work, you just get more and more comfortable with um, being with yourself. You know, when I put people on the show for the first time, they always come back to me and say, oh, it's terrible because they're so critical of themselves. You know, how it is. And, <laughs> and then when you watch yourself every week or listen to yourself every week, you get very comfortable with yourself, just like everybody else is comfortable with you. But it takes some time, don't you find, Desta? I do. I do. And um, I've been doing this long enough now where, I, you know, it's warts and all, here I am. You know? <laughs> kind of, and I, I find that the more, you know, I am present with what's actually happening, the less uh, stressed out I feel or uptight about what's going to come out of my mouth. I just yeah. trust that it's all going to open up just the way it needs to, like a beautiful flower. Absolutely. And it, and it always does. I have to say it always does. But as I watched myself a year and a half ago, you know, I was hiding. I was hiding behind my fringe. I was hiding behind my glasses because I never felt comfortable in front of the camera. But my desire to get to expand the, the message, like what we're going to talk about today, to expand people's knowledge was greater than my vanity. And so um, I had to overcome all that. But anyway, let me just, let me read your bio because such a beautiful bio. Okay, here we go. Desda has made a life study of the subtle energy surrounding all living things. What began as a personal quest for understanding blossomed into a comprehensive mapping of human energy anatomy and its precise application. This has been distilled in to conscious intelligence, an international healing modality, which we're going to talk about. For the past 30 years, she has quietly taught classes, trained apprentices and led healing sessions with healers, seekers and students of human potential, both in person and now online which we're also going to talk about, which is very exciting because when I spoke to you, you know, in 2017, you were not online and I did ask you, can you do this online? And you said, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, so you can, which is great. Yeah. Turns out. <laughs> Turns out you can. Yeah, it's all time and space. Anyway, born and intuitive with extraordinary clairvoyant, clairsentient and clairaudient abilities, which we chatted about again back in 2017, Desda has made an in-depth study 
of the subtle energies she has witnessed around all living things. Since you were a child, you've been witnessing that. Desda spent the better part of her life working to understand and use her abilities, which led her to work in the field of psychic awareness and research, where she observed and mapped human spiritual or energy anatomy. She was a well-known uh, she was well known in California as a trance medium and professional psychic for 17 years until she retreated to refocus her energies and concentrate on inner growth in 1986. She also pursued a separate career as a professional singer alongside her husband, Bob, in the San Francisco Bay Area from the late 60s until retiring from music in 1998. I'm sorry, I'm aging you here with all these dates. <laughs> All right, I earned it. <laughs> yeah, you've been here for a little while. It's fantastic. A master dowser, she became one of the top space curers and earth workers in the world before re redirecting her attentions to work exclusively with the health and well-being of people and their human energy structures. Desda works work is also to support others in the development of their own extrasensory skills and abilities. Very exciting. Your work is really simply, simply beautiful. I think last time you were on the show, we spoke about energy healing and, and we spoke about Barbara Brennan's Hands of Light. And I, I, I always remember you saying, I take it so much further than she did. You know, like she was an introduction to it and you go so much further. So what's been happening since 2017, since our last conversation? Obviously, you're online. How's this work been expanding? Well, it's been expanding tremendously, actually. We've, um, I now have trained another 30 or so practitioners of my work. And um, so they're out there in the world doing healings based on the work that I've developed, which is stunning, conscious intelligence, this brand new modality that's just been unleashed on the world in the last, you know, 15 or 20 years. And um, Your Sacred Anatomy, my book, which looks like that, has um, been very successful. It's continued to sell on Amazon. And, um, you know, really with very little promotion, <laughs> it's sold into thousands and thousands of copies. So that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle of writing another book. I'm writing my second book and I'm, I'm doing that. So that always requires attention and time and dedication. But more than anything, um, making the shift to an online uh, platform and format, I think that's really one of the biggest things I've done because, right. you know, I've taught in person, one-on-one, -on -one, you and me, let's learn this for a very long time. And I do sessions, of course, and I've done sessions online for years, but taking the teaching online was a whole different thing. So I started uh, last year doing a class with a woman named Shiloh Sophia, who's an extraordinary artist. Right. And we did a class together called Illuminate, which was about uh, making a map of your own uh, energetic greater mind and what that looked like for people was just a wonderful creative exploration so that was sort of my first step out and I had energetic exercises that went with that and anatomy that went with that in a way that I perceive the greater mind and use the greater mind 
that went with that. And then Shiloh brought all this fascinating stuff about art and creativity and intentionality. So that was exciting. And then I went from that to my first shift class. And the Shift Network is an interesting organization that sponsors teachers worldwide. And they have this wonderful platform that brings educators and people that are insightful, change makers, um, really people who hold sort of the creative frequency of healing human awareness and consciousness and they bring that information out and i'm i was asked to teach for them so my first class was called beyond your energy body and it you know it was an introduction to the subtle anatomy and it had this incredible exploration and journey into understanding the four aspects of the authentic self which is my version of the higher self so I actually see the location of this energetic, which is about 25 feet above your head, and there are like golden balls of light that float there above your head, right at your core. And those energies have beingness. And so there are four meditations that I did relating to each of those four, and then one for the whole thing called Meet Your Board of Directors. And <laughs> I love it. And, and, and we basically got into a relationship and a rapport with these four aspects of the authentic self. So, so there was like a way in a concrete, real way, real reality, where people could have a conversation with their highest and best self and not just with the egoic quantification of the personality but actually with this spiritual nature and so and so i really took them on a journey a seven-week journey yeah. and then I, and so that class is actually still available on the shift network called beyond your energy body but my new class the one i'm totally excited about is called reclaiming your empathic power Oh, so this is something I wanted to talk about because I was thinking about what are we going to talk about today apart from all your courses and I'm like the empaths, the empaths, they're always so suffering so much which is what we touched, we touched on that last time, you know, there's so much suffering around being an empath, some, some just don't go outside anymore, I know some that just drug themselves because they just don't want to feel because they're so... Uh, you know, they're so tortured by feeling everything. But it's so important to teach them how to be deliberate with that. But anyway, great. So tell, tell us more about the course. Yeah. So um, every empathic person has a greater issue, a big issue, that that is paramount for them. Right. And it usually shows up in one area. It shows up in relationships, in health and well-being, or it shows up in work and you know, uh, your soul's purpose. So it's right. one of those three areas where you find there's chaos and confusion and lack of focus and where you want to bring it into focus, but you just can't no matter what you do. So what I suggested we do for the empathic community was to essentially create a seven-week healing journey that would take them into three different systems of the sacred anatomy and heal this one big issue that keeps the empath from being able to function at their peak. Mm, beautiful. So we're working with 
The three systems, one is called bones of light. So it's the skeletal structure, the support system. So you can imagine if your support system somehow not working well, you would be affected in your daily life, right? Yeah, So the, the next system we'll work with is the layers, and the layers have to do with the organs of the sacred anatomy. So it's how well your internal dynamic is working together, and it really tells the story of your, of your life's journey. And so these layers have a way that they hold a thing called the mental construct. And the, the mental, mental construct, construct that is holding this greater issue captive and kind of forcing it to somehow demand the empath be a particular way. And now most empaths end up hiding out. They actually end up like under sort of, I have this thing here, the empath struggle. They are living unhidden in the light. They have great difficulty listening to, the inner, to their own inner knowledge. And they cannot accept their true nature as a sensitive being. And that's what empaths struggle with. They struggle with it their whole lives. And it kills some of them, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, right? thinking, I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about a girlfriend who I adore. Who was a heroin addict for 35 years and yeah. very judged and vilified by her family, her life. Yeah. But she is one of these people. So quite a few years ago, about eight years ago, you know, I said to her, I think I can help you. And I didn't think, because I went to school with her, right? So I didn't think that she would see me as somebody who could help her because I was her schoolmate. So she saw me not, not as the healer or teacher, but as the mate that used to, we used to get in trouble at school, right? Sure. And, and then she did reach out to me and she asked me a question. Are you surprised that all this stuff that you talk about I'm sort of on board with? And I said, no, I'm not surprised at all because I just saw her like I saw her like I'd never seen her before because I stopped seeing her as the friend who had become the heroin addict and I started seeing her as this unbelievably in, you know, empathic, sensitive human being who had built up walls and when she couldn't, use her personality to build up wars, she just used drugs to just numb herself out of life. And yeah. Was, yeah. I think mental institutions are filled with uh, sensitive empaths, intuitives, psychics, yeah. and, and so are prisons. Yeah. You know? uh, many, many people in these drug rehabilitation facilities what they need more than anything is to learn how to listen to their own inner truth without feeling like they have to somehow suppress it and make it go away, that that's somehow not okay. Yeah. So looking at these three different parts of the sacred anatomy, first, the bones of light, secondly, mm. the layers, and then thirdly, the blended energy system, which is in fact the chakra system. But in my system, instead of there being seven chakras or eight chakras, there are 13. Right. And they stretch from way above us, 20 feet above us to 20 feet below us. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very big cardiovascular system. Cardiovascular energy system. I love that because, you know, yeah. it's, all, it's all, you know, as above, so below. It's all 
it's all mirrored. Everything is mirrored, isn't it? Like I went into a cave and I looked up and I felt like I was inside the gastrointestinal system because it just looks like the inside of the gastrointestinal. So everything yeah. is mirrored both physically and, and subtly. It's just a, it's all just a mirroring like a, what do you call that thing where that pattern just repeats it's itself? A hologram. Like a hologram. Like a hologram. Yeah, and um, something yeah. that you said before gave me a, a, um, an image which was beautiful. You said that, you know, like it's contained within the mental body, like the mental body is directly affecting the different systems of the subtle energy, which is, which is showing up, which is manifesting as physical. So the, the pillars of light, which probably shows up in your bones and then the organs, like the mental it holds it all. So what's going on in the mental body is sort of filtering down into the subtle energy structures and then manifesting in the physical body, right? So, well, what I'm what I use, what the way I language that, the way I right. talk about it, is actually by uh, defining what the layers are. Right. So the layers are are probably most commonly known as the bodies. Uh, people call it the emotional body, the mental body. And I say there's only one body. Right. So there's only one totality that we are one thing. And so I call it the layers because to me that makes more sense. So there's the bio layer, the physical body, then the emotional, which is right next to it. And then next to that is the primal layer, which holds things like legacy, lineage, DNA, and instinctual responses. And then beyond that is the mental layer. So that's mm. something that some people call the mental body. But beyond that, there's the cognitive layer. And the cognitive layer is the brain for the sacred anatomy. Then there's the spiritual layer, which has portals into six different realms of spiritual truth. And then there's the etheric layer, which is this large, large, large layer that is actually like an Akashic record, a mini Akashic record that, that takes my whole soul's journey and records it there. And then there's the soul layer, which holds, as the rainbow body does, holds all of our energy and the vital individuated force that is created from the sacred anatomy itself. So we have a regenerating, self-perpetuating, and recreating system that's always filled with energy and dynamism. Whew, we are complicated beings. You know, <laughs> I'm just thinking words are such a poor way to communicate, really, because everyone uses <laughs> different words. When you're talking about this stuff, you know, like I once read about the etheric body being that you, you, you say it's huge and, and someone I read years ago, I can't remember who, talked about it being that the closest layer of your yeah. energy field. And, and what about, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain body. Like what's that? Yeah, well, I I don't include that concept in my work. Right. Okay. I, I actually don't um, believe that there is a location where pain lives. Right. I think that I think that pain is a total event. Event. And pain, and pain happens primarily in the physical body and primarily in the electromagnetic field around the physical body. That is a reflective field that's created out of our reactivity, and so those parts of you die and pain dies pain doesn't continue on from a life before you may have lessons or trauma 
that will be held, stories that are contained, but physical pain actually dies with the physical body. So I don't give it the distinction of a pain body. A pain body. I think he talks more about it being an emotional pain body, but let's go back to what you just said. Pain doesn't, pain doesn't continue on with you the next life. And I agree with that. I, I, cause a lot of people talk about this karma thing and I'm, and Michael Tamora, do you know Michael Tamora? Beautiful spiritual teacher. I don't know him. No, so many people I don't know. It's a, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah, US, US guy. Um, I was just thinking when you're talking about the shift network, I should tell him about the shift network. Anyway, I'm getting off track. You know, he, we were speaking about karma. He's such a beautiful teacher. And he was saying, you know, it's not what happens to you that is your karma. It's how you deal with it. Right. So, so we might have an event that happened, a bad relationship, in, and then we might set up another situation in, in another life because we want to deal with it differently. So it's not like we take our pain with us, but we take the challenge with us like oh i could have done that better let's do that again let's like groundhog day let's do that again in the next life and see how i deal with it better so yeah a lot of times i see with karma i see um almost waves of karma that go through a lifetime where a particular issue will be up for removal and then it'll recede and then it'll come up again. And the same emotional content will be there. There might be different people, there might be a different situation, but the same emotions, anger, fear, and upset of some kind will be there when the karma is up for removal or up for release. When it's there sort of just laying it, laying itself before you and saying, Fix me, take me out, let me go, I'm done. And it's, it's our egoic need to kind of be at the effect of the trauma, whatever we perceive it to be, that we, where we hang on to the lesson, the, the karma, the karma, the karma. And then we drag it like an old dirty blanket through our life. And it yeah. isn't until we lay it down that, that we look back and go, well, that wasn't all that important, was it? Oh my God, Desi, that is so true. I, that is so true. And, and something, you know, in hindsight, something as you get older, you really see in your life, you know, these waves, it's like, you think that you've dealt with the situation, it's over, it's finished and done, dusted, right, finished. And then life, and then it comes back up again. It's like, oh my God, you again. And yeah, I thought I did that. I, I thought, thought I, I did that. Out. Yeah, yeah. Not so much. <laughs> and, and, not so much. How, how do I respond to this differently? Like, how can I face you and not be worried or upset or react angrily? Like, how can I respond differently to you again? And there just comes a time when that's done it is and it doesn't arise again that's what i found in my life anyway but um but there are some things that arise that do shock me when just when you think you've you've sorted most of it out back it comes again <laughs> right well i mean the, the the good news about that is that if it isn't complete it will come back around <laughs> it will come back around <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely you know, the opportunity will always be there to, to fully release and resolve and um, become renewed in the, in the context of living. Yeah, to fully release 
and resolve and become renewed in the context of living. And to me, that just speaks about being more strongly, not the best word, connected to your divine essence, just more in relationship with your knowing, knowing that no matter what happens, it's all perfect. It's, it's, it's all there for you. It's not here to torture you. It's there to teach you about how, it's there to show you about how strongly connected you are to the, to the love within not expecting it yeah. to come from outside, from a person or the money or even the health of the body. Can you stay connected to that ecstatic, blissful, beautiful energy that is you? Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's the thing that people struggle with the most is, you know, finding their true identity and, and then somehow or another capturing it long enough so that they can then begin to develop into that person in a much fuller way. Yeah. We're kind of prisoners of our childhood traumas and events and the circumstances of our lives. And, and, and we can get caught in the mundane and the difficult and the, and the negativity of that. And we can, we can get weighed down, you know, and, and we can get caught up in it and, and find that our lives don't have nearly the meaning which they thought we thought they did. Yeah. But if you can let yourself rise above the difficulty just long enough to see the possibility of hope, to see the just long enough to see the potential of what might be just maybe could be then you have a way out absolutely you know i um had my niece living with me was it last year or the year before oh i don't know time and we were watching that silly show married at first sight have you ever watched it oh i think i watched it once yes <laughs> okay so i didn't watch it this year because she wasn't with me and then I don't know, it came, across, it came across my path. So I started watching it again, like, okay, curiosity got me. And I'm watching all these people trying to have a relationship, but what they're having a relationship is what you spoke about, is their past. They're not having a relationship with the person in front of them. They're having a relationship with, I was abandoned as a child. They hurt me. I'm not safe. They're having a relationship with these beliefs and it's playing and it's so amazing to watch these shows of people, you know, in these real life, they're not actors, just playing out their subconscious beliefs. It's not yeah. actually what's happening. Like I saw these women screaming. There was a guy that was an Indian meditator and he was with this woman that just sabotaged the relationship. How you can sabotage a relationship with someone who's so unbelievably peaceful, but she found a way because she has this screaming inside her, I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy of love. That's when I look at her, that's all I see is this screaming. She's a funny girl. Like she's got, this is the Australian version. She's got a great personality, but all that is a shield, like a shield, a guard, you know, guarding her heart that's just going to be hurt. It doesn't matter who's going to come into her life. She's going to be hurt. So she's good. And it's just fascinating to watch this. I'm sure people see this in people around them. You don't have to watch television to see. 
you see it everywhere, right? No, you do. <laughs> Just walking down the street. <laughs> Just walking down the street, yeah. So let's get practical. What can we give people to, um, you know, to, to unguard their heart, that people that have a guarded heart say that, that feel like they're going to get hurt or they're not worthy of love? What can you... And, and maybe they're doing that by picking fights with people that love them. I remember as a young girl having that realisation that I push everyone away that wants to love me because I don't feel worthy of love. Right. And, and it's not, you know, and then I make them wrong about how they've hurt me. It was a big realisation. What can you say? Well, but you can have a realisation like that and it can go absolutely nowhere. Yeah. It isn't about the aha moment. It's about the everyday moment. Yeah. It's about how you live your life, not how you, you know, have big revelations, right? That, yeah. I mean, we love those. <laughs> and we wish they could happen all the time. But generally speaking, we don't get revelations every freaking minute. You know, <laughs> we, get them, we get them here, scattered shot here and there. And what we do have every moment is we do have this tremendous experience of being now, present, right. here. Yeah. And so I guess a person like that, I would say, let's just try to breathe and be present in the moment. People would say, well, how do you do that? And so I actually have an exercise that I show people to do to become present. Would you like me to show you that? Let's do it. Yeah, okay. So what I'm gonna have you do is actually talk to your sacred anatomy, which is all around you in this great big bubble. And what you're going to do is you're going to put your hands above your head. Yeah, I scoot out so you can see my hands up above my head. Oh. <laughs> put my hands above my head. And then I'm going to say, beloved presence, please come to my hands. I'm going to hold them there. And I'm just going to wait until my presence comes to my hands. And when I can feel it coming to my hands, I say, Hello, beloved presence. Thank you for being here with me. So you can go ahead and say that out loud. Beloved I, presence. I muted myself. <laughs> Hello, beloved presence. Thank you for being here with me. Beloved presence, I appreciate everything you've always done for me. Beloved presence, I appreciate everything you've always done me I know you are my essence I know you are my essence and that you are my spirit and that you are my spirit I want to invite you right in this moment to come into my physical body I want to invite you right in this moment to come into my physical body beloved presence please come into my head beloved presence please come into my head and you watch as it comes down to your head. Move your hands down to your head. And then feel your presence ex literally expanding your head. It's going to feel like it's pushing up against your skull. Like it's moving backwards and forwards, left, right, up and down. And put your hands on your head and say out loud, I think this is a good idea. <laughs> I think this is a good idea. 
beloved presence, please come into my throat and then urge it to come down to your throat. Beloved presence, please come into my throat. And one thing you'll find about your presence coming into your throat is that your vocal cords relax. So you put one hand here and one hand there, front and back of your throat and your neck, and say, my name is, and then of course I would say Desda. Go ahead. My name is Karen. And then say it again, my name is Desda. My name is Karen. <clears throat> I love this part. Desda, 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 Desda. <laughs> Karen, 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 Karen. <laughs> Breathe in. Beloved presence, please come into my chest. Beloved presence, please come into my chest. And then feel your chest filling with your presence, your essence. Feel it going to the back of your ribs and to the front by your sternum, into your heart, into your lungs. And put your hands on your chest and say, I love my presence. I love my presence. I love my spirit. I love my spirit. I love, love, love my essence. I love, love, love my essence. <laughs> Beloved presence, please come into my solar plexus. Let me move it down to your solar plexus. Please come Beloved. into my solar plexus. Beloved presence, please come into my solar plexus. And then putting one hand at the front of your solar plexus and one at the back. Say, I'm happy to be present. I'm happy to be present. And then I always say, tell your face you're happy and smile. <laughs> I'm happy to be present. I'm happy to be present. Beloved presence, please come into my pelvis. Beloved presence, please come into my pelvis. Feel your presence actually dropping into your pelvis and into your down into your hip sockets and all the way back to the pelvic bones and really filling the bowl of your pelvis because this is your offering bowl. This is what you're bringing to the world. This is your gift right here. Your presence is your gift. And so put your hands on your, your belly, down at your gut, below your belly button, and say, I am present. I am present. Breathing in. Feel your presence filling every part of your legs and your arms, feeling it dripping down from your shoulders and your hips and go ahead and move a little bit feel your presence moving all the way through down to your elbows and your knees and your forearms and your calves to your ankles and your wrists your fingers and your toes your hands and feet presence just radiating through your whole body and then say with your hands on your pelvis i am fully present i am fully present and so I would say to that young lady in your favorite show, <laughs> I, would, I would say, young lady, do this exercise whenever you don't feel like you're there. Whenever you feel like you've vanished into your fears, into your inequity, into your difficulty and pain, become present. Because when you are present and your essence is embodied, it's very difficult 
to go into self-pity or to go into the great violin solo of the tragedy of your life. Instead, you began to feel joyous and like life is not just worth living, but truly an adventure. Beautiful. That is so beautiful, Dead Stuff. That is just, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing a bit of a talk on Saturday at Love Fest. And I'm thinking I might just do this with them and I'll credit you, tell them all about you uh, and your work because that's a beautiful exercise, isn't it? Well, it's in my book. It's in your book. It's in, it's in your sacred anatomy. And I use it in every single class that I do. I just use it all the time. Beautiful, because I know that we spoke about before how you had been seeing people and you saw this golden light outside of their body, mostly. It's mostly what you saw when you viewed people, right, as you viewed them clairvoyantly. And well, I also see with my eyes. Oh, right. Okay, cool. I, I actually see these four little balls hovering and then I see this, this other light that just kind of wanders around and I... I think sometimes you get stuck on the unicorn horn, you know, kind of about right here. <laughs> I just get stuck there. And it's kind of like, are you going to let me in? <laughs> it took me a long time to realize, oh, my God, that's the presence. That's the essence. That's the spirit. And you know what? We don't have initiations in our culture that are about bringing the spirit into the body, don't we? I mean, we just don't celebrate it. We just kind of go, well, okay, you're born. Here's your name. You know, here's your birth certificate. <laughs> go. Okay. So, okay, so we're born. Here's your name. Here's your birth certificate. And then our <laughs> presence. So our spirit, our soul, I don't know, again, words. People are like, what's the difference between spirit and soul? So loving presence. Uh, enters the body at some point during either conception or the formulation of the human body, or sometimes even after the body pops out, it enters. And then when does it leave? I mean, when, when is it, how is it hovering above us and not inside? Like what was well, going on there? We haven't invited it in. So I know it's it wacky, but the right. sacred anatomy is so polite. It literally will wait until you say, please enter the body. And then when you say that, it, you felt just now, it came in. And there it is, and you're acting from this place of power. You're acting from your pelvis. You're not acting from this, all this busyness here. You're actually acting from a very embodied and present place. And that requires the invitation. So this is something that people in our culture are just now, just beginning to understand that the spirit, which is this essential energy, this essence or presence, as you might call it, is not embodied. We may be physically embodied and our energetic structure may be aligned with the physicality, but until we embody spirit, Till we invite spirit in, the soul structure, which is all around us, isn't switched on. Okay. So we don't have a relationship with it. We're kind of at the effect of our egoic nature and our fear and our pain and our struggle and la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, <laughs> I'm just thinking a lot. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> So if we don't invite it in, okay, so we come into this 
dense environment to experience contrast and polarity. And then when we hit the trauma or have the sledgehammer moment, wake up call or have the spiritual awakening, then there is a cry, you know, or we have the relationship drama or the illness, then there is a cry for more like is this all there is <laughs> and in that cry that is a sort of invitation isn't it like it can be it can very much be or it yeah. can also be a roadblock it can be i will identify with my pain more than i will identify with my possibility yeah well that's what most of us do we we cry mm -hmm. for help and then identify and put our attention on the problem instead of the attention on what we're asking for that's the human that's the human story, isn't it? Um, but okay, it's a so you also story. Okay. <laughs> I said it's a boring story. It's a boring story. We're changing the story, honey. We have to change the it's story. story. <laughs> so um, I, I remember last time you said so. You saw this these this these balls of light hanging out in the field in in, in the energy field and not embodied as you saw them through your your ability to see. And then you said you saw like a monk or the Dalai Lama and you saw that which was outside of most people embodied and that's when you started to think, oh, it's not supposed to be hanging out there. It's supposed to be you're like embodied. Yes, yes. Yeah. when I, I had the privilege and the, the great, you know, rare honour of seeing His Holiness the Dalai Lama teaching. Yeah. And when he was just hanging out and, you know, telling people he needed things and yeah. getting ready and stuff, his, his uh, golden light was floating around up here. And then when he started to teach, it became fully embodied in his pelvis and he was glowing this amazing light and it, you know, radiated out to the uh, hearts of 7,000, 8,000 people who were listening to him teach. And so I thought to myself, if he can do it, we can do it. And, and of course, we can make this happen because it's just light. So how do I get it in here? So I worked and worked and worked on how do I get that in here? And, um, and this, is, this is the way I figured out how to do it. And I'll be darned if it doesn't work for people who are not particularly enlightened or, you know, I did, I've done it at the University of California Medical Center with a bunch of medical students and boy, they could bring that presence right into their pelvis. And I've done it with all these wonderful new age hippies in Northern California. Yeah. <laughs> they can do it, you know? And then I've done it online with people all over the world and they can do it too. So it isn't where you're from or what your uh, education level is or money. It is literally, are you willing? It follows that great saying, ask, and it is given. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but you really got to remember the asking part. <laughs> the asking part, the invitation, the invitation. Yeah. The I think we really forget about that in our culture. We think, well, you know, I paid my money. Should I get it? <laughs> no. So you mean we paid our money by being born? I think that we're born I think that we're born into the contrast. I think we were born into the forgetting so that we can experience the forgetting and in the experiencing of the forgetting or the contrast or the polarity, then we give birth to the invitation. Then we That's give birth to That's the beautiful. request. Yeah, to the to the desire to be more 
connected, to be more enlightened, to be more psychic, you know, to be connected to my spirit guides. Okay, so um, something that you said at the beginning had me pose this question because I get it a lot from people, you know, they're always like, how do I hear my spirit guides? I, I don't, and, and what I find when I'm teaching people is that they're, they're hearing them, but they're just not um, knowing that what they're hearing is, is guidance and not their mind making up stuff or imagination. Right. Yeah. Right. So we what we black and white reality which of course is ridiculous <laughs> you can't live in black and white <laughs> i had the color behind me today because i knew you've got that beautiful mandala picture behind you with all your color and i'm thinking she's gonna have color i'm gonna have color anyway uh, not black and white today so right. for people wanting to hear their guidance their inner guidance whether it comes from that loving presence or some galactic you know future life or some dead grandma or whatever so that would help them like doing that exercise would help them yeah it helps everything it helps everything absolutely everything to become present you know really there in your body and then when you um are present allowing yourself to awaken to the potential that just maybe you're getting some guidance just maybe there's an angel standing at your shoulder, whispering in your ear, and, uh, and maybe there's some reason why they're there, and maybe you invited them, and maybe what has to happen is you have to say, please help me, and again, make that invitation. Please speak to me. Please help me. But one thing you can't do is make them prove things. You can't go, I'd like to invite you to dinner, but first I need you to slaughter a pig in the front yard. <laughs> you, don't, you don't make them work that hard. You just invite them. You just say, please come, please come to my experience of living. I welcome you. I invite you in. And I am ready, whatever and whenever you are ready to talk to me, I am ready to hear you. And then you listen. Then you listen. You listen. That's the big part of this equation. So many people are saying, speak to me, speak to me, guidance, guidance, whether they're talking to God or, you know, angels or whatever. And they, they ask a lot of questions, but they don't listen. <laughs> well, or they expect, they expect the guidance to like be like, well, first, uh, number one, <laughs> da, 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 da. whereas guidance can sometimes be just this whisper or it can be a sign. You know, it'll be something you see in a room or you, the first thing that your eyes light upon can be your answer. And Absolutely. it's, you know, the unseen world does not have the same rules that we do. Yeah. And, and they don't really care very much about our rules. And they're just, they're here to help. They're committed to that. But they're not necessarily here to relate to you like a human being who's sitting in the room next to you, touching your, your hand. You know, they're not relating like that. They're relating in their own way. So angels, when they speak to you, they speak to you with tremendous energy. And there's a, a descent of truth that kind of comes over you and a kind of warmth and an understanding. And you can move to not knowing to knowing very quickly yes. if you allow an angelic inspiration. But you can't say then, 
the angels inside of me and I own that angel and don't you try to help anybody else angel you can't give it rules you have to literally allow what comes to you to come to you you can't pretend that you're making it up that's this weird human game <laughs> I know that's the uh, that's the matrix we've been told that imagination is fantasy it's not true it's not reality and yet most imagination is 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 guidance i don't know what did einstein say a logic will take you so far imagination will take you anywhere everywhere <laughs> like and where I do you want to go <laughs> i always say who told you imagination isn't real exactly who told you that exactly They're wrong. <laughs> exactly 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 we're getting an itchy head they're tapping me on the head but um you say you know you say about the rules sometimes we do i had a, a client say the other day that you know i wanted some proof i said touch me on the face with a feather and then she had a sensation like that so she got her proof you know like we are us humans we want this visceral physical five sensory proof we do, we don't want to use our psychic sensory we want to use our you know we want to feel it with our skin or see it with our eyes or hear it with our ears and most of the time spirit doesn't talk to us like that but we can have like you have that ability to see through your outside eyes as jamie Butler yeah, said. it happened that's an extraordinary <laughs> experience i know because i've asked i want to see spirit with my outside eyes and my guide said to me no you don't and i said why yes i do and they said no you don't they said you know how confusing it is when you're seeing spirit as real as people and, and I thought, oh, yeah, that would be really confusing. It's actually crazy making. Crazy making. It can make you feel like you're losing your mind. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult to be able to sort, like, oh, yes. what is material reality and what is spiritual reality or what is non-material, non-local reality. Like, how am I seeing and when am I seeing? And um, that, that took me about six or seven years to really kind of figure out. It was how a, it, old were you when, when you were um, Well, I started seeing like this when I was 14. Right. <clears throat> so I had a car accident. I had the ability to see auras before then. I saw little pale, soft, little fairy-like lights around people. And it was very non-intimidating and sweet. Right. And then I fell out of a car and was knocked unconscious, whacked my head right here. And when I opened my eyes, I saw in like vibrant day glow, rock and roll, full on. And I almost couldn't see people's faces because of all the energy layers in front of them. And so it took me a long time to like be able to see through the energy and kind of peel it aside and, um, be able to look at what I actually was seeing and and I learned very quickly that I could ask the energy to do what I wanted in other words show me this or don't show me that and then it would respond and I also used Ajna which is inner sight so I would close my eyes and I would see on the inner and then I would open my eyes and I would concentrate on what I'd been seeing in the inner and then the other parts would recede and I would see that, which is how I mapped the sacred anatomy, which is why I have 88 color illustrations in my book, you know, outlining and drawing what it is that I see. And I've heard from hundreds of people all over the globe saying, oh my God, I see the same thing. Wow. So it, it's pretty exciting 
for me, you know, to have that yes, reaction. I'm not alone. I'm not the I'm only not alone on the um, planet. But you know, when I hear this story, Desiree, I think about people who have had NDEs that talk about that. They they experience like nature. They 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 see the the vibrant, subtle energy around all the trees, and like either in the other realms or then when they come back into this realm but they talk about the vibrancy of the color and and then the colors that we just don't experience here i wonder i wonder if the cones and rods in your eyes see the color beyond most of our ability to see color i wonder i've had the thought and i you know of course i have no real, real proof of this but no. i have the thought that i see other dimensionally so yeah. that i see three-dimensionally like you do and like everybody else does and that i also see another three dimensions which is in this other sort of this other realm yeah and uh, because i see so much it, it seems to me that that might actually be be so that i see in six or eight dimensions Right, through your outside eyes. So when you're looking at somebody, when you're looking at somebody, what interferes the most? Is it the brightness or their dimness? Like is it, is it the thought forms, the, the, the negative crap they're carrying around or is it their brightness that, that sort of from your perspective when you're looking at somebody? It's never the brightness, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm always looking to find the brightness. Like, right. Can we get in there? Get it? Oh, there it is. You know? <laughs> so, so it's usually people's stuff, you know. And yeah. so that's why I've defined it as the need for clearing. So we clear all seven systems. So instead of just doing an energy clearing, it's like a specific clearing of a specific system. So we clear the systems and then there's alignments. So we've got like these, you, know, you can have things like <laughs> falling over, you know, and uh, pieces of the anatomy kind of mushing together and collapsing and you know herniating or we're kind of receding so we do alignments and then I help sort of straighten people out and then there's pathology and pathology is sometimes really dark and it's sometimes like dark blue or dark brown or dark green or you know sometimes there's emotional contents like for example, in the electromagnetic field, there can be signatures of, you know, anger and fear and frustration and uh, lust and, you know, these like big sort of signatures kind of take up residence and then they, they kind of are like glompy balls that morph and change and, and, and they do become diluted as a person kind of works it out. But I found I can lift those out, you know, just get rid of them and people feel better right away. So there's, I've learned what I can interact with, what I can't interact with, what I have to adjust as opposed to dismiss and what can actually be removed or relieved. And, you know, it's taken me years and years and years. And I have, like I said, over 500 procedures that I've figured out, like how to work with the structure, everything from um, you know, karmic astral vibrations that are holding on to sort of demonic frequencies all the way to clearing the bones of light that just sort of does housekeeping. Right. So it's, you know, I, there's a large variety of things that, that you can see and not see, but the light, the light is always in there. It's always in there somewhere. Yeah. Like the sun is behind the clouds. You just got to clear exactly. the clouds. But exactly. let, me, let, me, let me ask you, when you do that 
um, exercise that you did with us, inviting presence in. So what do you see? So say someone's standing before you dripping with their pain and then you do that exercise. What are you seeing, like what are you seeing happening to them when they're inviting that presence in? Well, as they're, they're doing it, they bring the golden light into their head. I just see the whole head becoming golden. And, you know, sometimes it's just a little area that's all they can do but as they get better and better at it it just fills everything and their whole head starts to radiate and sort of pulse and then when i have them into the throat and then sometimes what will happen is like darkness will lift or and and think of it this way it's like you have a cylinder and that cylinder is the body the physical body And then that cylinder is surrounded by layers and layers and layers of information. Yes. So the layers, there's eight layers, and that's only one system. Yeah. So you have to imagine like just how much there is and how the different systems actually become uh, impacted by difficulty and so when i'm looking at someone i can see if their issue is primarily neurological mm-hmm. or if it has to do with the energetic nervous system i could see if it's a cardiovascular issue it has to do with the blended energy system or if it has to do with like their organs or you know so i'm using these terms organs cardiovascular nervous to refer to sacred anatomy parts right that it's easier for us to understand but what i see when people do returning presence is i see the cylinder of light begin to pulse and vibrate and live and then as they move out it it radiates out and it, it literally pushes out from the interior the uh ascended consciousness of who they truly are their masterful uh really divine awareness and and that's who people truly are people really are divine and as they as they begin to radiate that and become fully present even if it's just for a moment they have the memory now of of being present for that moment and and being able to embrace if you would their possibilities their potential what they can embrace their infinite potential infinite possibility okay so you said that when you watch the dalai lama sometimes that shining ball is in embodied in his pelvis and sometimes when he's like you know fussing around it's out so it's coming in and out of us like it's not always you don't invite it in and there it sits forever and ever you have to keep inviting it in right you have to keep in pardon Sorry, so I said it goes in and out. It goes in and out. But you have to keep inviting it, right? So maybe when you're feeling bad. So when you're hitting, when you're hitting mm. sadness, depression, whatever you're hitting, when you're believing your stressful thoughts, it would be that would be the time where you would invite it back in, right? Well, I urge people to do this exercise once or twice a day. You know, okay. You wake up and, you know, just really become present. Okay. And then live from that point of view. And what happens is that people are able to stay present longer and longer and longer. And, right. you know, and most of the time I'm in my body. I'm present in my body almost all the time now. Okay. So do it once or twice a day, like brushing your teeth. Right on. <laughs> okay. I've got it. Um 
when people do invite that in who have never invited it in before, does it amplify their, you know, the resistance to it, the, the stressful thought or the, or, the, or the impacted thought form from the, the past life or the ancestry or, you know, the, the traumatic childhood? Like does sadness arise? Does, does anger arise as they invite the light in? Does it amplify it? Well, one thing I tell people is if you have, like, for example, most people are walking around with some form of pain in their body. Pain, yeah. So as they're bringing the presence in, I say, look for the pain in your body. Is it in your shoulder? Is it in your hips? Wherever it is, become as present with the pain as you possibly can. Right. To literally sit in the presence with the pain. And one of the things that happens is that it lessens pain. Yeah. So it's, it's our desire to not feel something that can cause it to be even harsher than it needs to be. Right. Yeah, I find that, you know, if I've got pain in my body from too much screen time, bad posture or whatever, or maybe past life or whatever, or trauma, you know, like my neck pain, when I meditate, it just gets louder. Like when I speak to my essence and talk to God or talk to my higher self and, and just feel love, feel that loving presence within me, I find that my pain gets louder. And then when I sit with it, like you don't, because I, I go to a meditation here in Sydney. It's a very powerful meditation where we gather on a Friday night. And it's, that's when I feel this the strongest, when I'm in this group meditation. And then the pain starts almost screaming and I just stay with it. And then it starts to just disappear. It just melts, it just melts away. Right. So as you become more and more present with the pain, yeah, like literally accepting it for just, yeah. just loving it, is, just yeah. like, it's okay, just go ahead, radiate your information to me. I am receiving you completely. I hear you. I feel you. I know you. Right. I know you. I'm not separate from you. We are one together. And as you incorporate and become friends with your, your pain, it's, it's a way of becoming friends with your shadow aspect. Yeah. You know, that which is nasty, dirty, and stinky about everybody. You know? <laughs> and if you, can, if you can make friends with that funky part of yourself and, and just allow it to be, it's, it's less painful. Life yeah. is less painful. Yeah. Or what you resist persists, right? So well, don't yeah. resist it, don't cover it up, don't push it down, don't try and hide it. Be, yeah. with, me. Be with me. I'm communicating something to you. So love me. I'm talking to you. My body's talking. Right on. Right, right. Very good. True. <laughs> oh, darling one, we've been yakking for about an hour. Ah, oh, you have so much to teach, Desda Zuckerman. <laughs> you so do. I said this to you last year or the year before. I'd love to get you down under. One day, it'll happen. You know, it's the desires out there in the field. It'll happen. Yeah. It's just the logistics of making it happen. You know, us humans, we've got to travel by plane and pay money and, and eat and, and be put up in hotels and, and hire rooms. And yeah. It's easier online. Okay. It's so, really easier online. So come see me online at the Shift Network. <laughs> you can also go to my website and uh enroll in all those classes and we're beginning just beginning to offer well, our hang own on hang on hang on hang on before i've uh, i've got the affiliate link so if people want to support the show and to support me if you sign up under my affiliate link <laughs> i'll actually get a little bit of money which is kind of there pretty. you go take um, care of your girl <laughs> take care of your girl 
I'm really not good with affiliate links, I have to say. People have given me affiliate links for years and at this point, I've changed this story though, Desa, I haven't yet made um, money out of it because usually people just Google or they, they look at the website under the YouTube and they just go and they sort of bypass the affiliate link. But I do have an affiliate link which I will put under the YouTube and under the SoundCloud and I'll, I'll also put it on my uh, website. I always put all the shows on a page on my website. So if you go to my website, you can see. And that has the audio and the and it's got Desda's story and you can buy her book there from the Amazon affiliate link. It, it, you sent me the book and it's absolutely such a beautiful book. But because I don't work as an energy healer anymore, I lent it to a friend who does this. And so she's got it tucked up in her house on the northern beaches. She's got it in her healing room. Wow. She loved it. I think she might have been one of the people that contacted you to do your online courses. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. It's so. fun. I've been, I mean, I've been having these people let me know, like, hi, I'm finally taking your class. I've read your book four times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four times I don't know if I could read it four times <laughs> so just talking about the, the online courses when people sign up I don't know what the time zones are for people here in Australia if Australians are listening but as I say mostly Americans are listening to my show so the time zones sort of work for you guys sometimes when courses happen in the states it's like four o'clock in the morning for us and which is not always a good time to get up to do a course and I never or listen to a, or a live, um, you know, podcast or whatever. How long are they? Like each each session, like an hour, two hours. How long are the online? They're ninety minutes, and 90 they're minutes. recorded, so you can listen at your leisure whenever right. it works for you. It's broadcast at twelve noon Pacific. So uh, I have no idea what time that would be in New, Z New Zealand or Australia. Well, what time but, is it over there? Oh, I just looked at the clock. It's 11.11. There you go. Alignment, alignment. Um, what time is it over there for you at the moment? 5.11. So it would be very early in the morning. It would be like, yeah, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 or 4 o'clock in the yeah. morning. Yeah, it would be not a time for Australia. No. Yeah. So you, what you'd want to do is you'd want to um, watch – online and see the 90 minute class and then if you had questions there's a really active facebook page you can participate in yeah so you can come to the facebook page and you can ask a live question like i have I know there's a gal from japan who's doing that and um she's involved in the class because she's having to listen later on after right. the so she can ask questions that way. And, and I am looking at the Facebook page and responding to people. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the beauty of live sessions is you've got those people next to you to talk to either right. online or, or, or in person. But when you're reading back, you haven't got that interaction. I suppose you've got the Facebook page. But do, do people do them in groups maybe and talk to each other about it? Well, we're just going to start this coming week. There's a thing, they have like a little breakout group at the end of the class. When the class is all over, there's a breakout group that's happening. And that's again happening on Zoom. So yeah. it's live, you know, and people are, are participating in that. Beautiful. And when you're teaching, are you alone in a room or have you got students with you as well? 
No, I bring a little crew with me and right. we space clear the room. We set pillars of light in the space. We try to lift the frequency and, you know, release the chaos of the day. And um, they're really wonderful. My little, my little team. I bring uh, Tamar and Cheryl and my husband Bob comes with me, my friend Lauren. And then the people at Shift are really awesome. They're really sweet and they hold a really high frequency. So it's actually wonderful. It's working out great. So do you do them in your house? Sorry, I'm just asking logistical questions. Do you do them in your house or do you have to go to some Shift facility or can well, you just I do? actually go to the Shift facility because okay. it's just about 30 minutes from my house. Right. But, okay. You know, I'm here at my house right now doing yeah. this you know, which is perfectly wonderful. But uh, that way they can do um, kind of more professional filming of me so right. that I can step back and do exercises, you know, because I like, I like moving around, you know. <laughs> I'm not a stationary type for a teacher. So they set it up for me there, and they have wonderful professional equipment, and, that, and that's super nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm just thinking if you know for other teachers that want to get involved in shift, they have to be. What 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 city are you in again? You've told me. Well, I'm in a, a town called Novato, which is in Marin County, north of the San Francisco Bay. Bay area. And um, Petal, they're in Petaluma, which is a little further up into Sonoma, and so you know we're in the wine country. Lovely restaurants here, <laughs> and pretty good weather. And uh, it's it's where we uh, where we do it is at their place. Now, when they have teachers from out of town, usually it's on Skype, in, on Skype or on Zoom like this. Right, and they just do it. They just teach from they their place. Right. Okay. Do, yeah. Well, how the heck else are we gonna do it? So. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. I just love Michael Tamora and his work. I'd love to see him on the Shift Network. But um, you know me, I speak to so many amazing people across the globe and have done for years. And you know, my my desire is just to expand this conversation, expand the work. It's just the expansion. I think that somebody said to me that Marianne Williamson's running for president over there and she said that the voice for love needs to be louder than the voice for hate. And I'm like, yes! You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what we're on about here. We're expanding the voice for love, which we're doing this weekend at Love Fest. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so you're much, Thank you for having me, beautiful Karen, with all your great energy and your positive <laughs> vibes. I really enjoyed myself. Oh, you're a lovely, lovely being. God bless you, honey. Oh, ditto, honey. You are an extraordinary, extraordinary being. I was just thinking about how you perceive subtle energy through your eyes. I was just thinking there's another woman I've, I've seen online who does the same thing. And I was thinking as you were talking, but we've got Destas. She's doing. And I was thinking, do I have a conversation with her online? I'm like, I don't need to. I've got you. You, you, you do this. You know, like I just, it's extraordinary. I look forward to having another conversation with you again some other time. Yes, and, let's do um, it. Let's do it. Expanding the love. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care, Karen, and thank you so much. The wonderful, magnetic, ecstatic, blissful. Desda Zuckerman, isn't she fabulous? She really is just such an extraordinary woman and so casual about it. You know, she sort of jokes and 
but uh, I really saw her more profoundly this time than I did last time. You know, I've read her book and I've had her on the show, but just delving more deeply into her abilities of perception and what she sees, what she can see. Extraordinary, isn't it? Extraordinary. But like, like I always say, like Jesus said, we can all do this. It's, we don't, there's just not one better than the other. We can all learn to do this. I've had many psychics on the show. In fact, I started the radio with a friend of mine who's a psychic and I interviewed her and said, why did you become a psychic? And she said, well, I was just fascinated. So I didn't think I was, could do it. So I learned how to do it. She became very proficient and, and spent her lifetime as a professional psychic, you know, doing readings and seeing things. So anyone can learn to develop these abilities if you want to. You know, if you want to perceive the world like Desda does, but as my guide said to me, you know, during conversation, I, I said this one, I said, oh, I would like to see what these people see through my physical eyes, my outside eyes. And my guide said, no, you won't. It's too confusing. If you really want it, we can activate that or you can activate that. But, you know, do you really want to perceive life like that? And as Desda says, it can be very confusing. It took her a long time to sort out what's real, what's not, what's, What's physical manifestation? What's subtle manifestation? You know, when you're perceiving through your outside eyes and better to perceive through your inner eye than you, than you know that you can sort it out what you're being given. Like my guides often give me a very clear image in my inner eye. I don't have to sort of wade through the reality of the outside so I get it inwardly. Oh, it's, it's all fascinating. It's also fascinating, don't you think? Anyway, if you, if you want to do her courses, I want to do her courses. <laughs> I'd love you to do them on my affiliate link. I'll put the link on my webpage and underneath this so that, yeah, I get a bit of a kickback. That's how the Shift Network works. You know, if you promote their courses, you get a bit of an affiliate link. And um, I only promote people who I believe in, who I believe are amazing. I don't do this to make money. I do this because I want to expand this knowledge, this knowledge base and, and have you all rocking and rolling and living inside your loving presence and being more present and more deliberate in how you create and manifest your reality more powerful as a human population. This is what my guide said is the most important thing to know at this time is how to be more deliberate and conscious of what we're doing, how we're flowing our energy, what we're doing with our power, our power of focus, our mental power, our power of belief. It's, it's important stuff. So thanks again for watching another show. I just asked Desda to come into the Inner Sanctum. She's going to, um, you know, come in and speak to our little tribe and give us some exercises. So it's a lot cheaper than her courses. We're only 25 Australian dollars a month at the moment. And uh, you get to meet me and speak to me. And also I invite a guest teacher once a month to come in and teach the little tribe, talk to them and get to ask them questions. Um, I actually don't know how much Desda's courses are, but they sound they sound um, quite advanced and so they're going to be more expensive than Inner Sanctum but much more intricate and, and you know much more focused and come away with um, some amazing techniques on how to be more deliberate in maneuvering your physical and energetic structure and, and living this life yeah so Join us in the Inner Sanctum if you want to meet some of the people. Who have I got coming up? I've got Garnet coming up next month. I've got um, Rich Martini is going to come in, who I had on the show last year. 
Frances uh, Rake is going to come back, who has the teen books. I think her books are incredible. She's coming back towards the end of the year. I popped Courtney in, you know, I talk about Courtney all the time. I just love her, who channels Krishna, who I had on the show. She's coming in towards the end of the year to do some channeling for us and we get to meet her. Anyway, it's all on the website, karenswain.com slash in the sanctum. You'll see it there that I've got all the teachers that are in for this year. So um, check it out and sign up and remember to buy the book, Awakened by Death. We're working on the second one, Awakenings, Personal Stories of Transcendence and Transformation. And uh, I'll see you all soon next time. Bye for now. Love you all. <laughs>